Welcome to Out of Nowhere, where we talk with marketers, makers, and value creators about where they've been and where they're going next. Let's dive in. I'm Justin Watkins of Native Digital. Today we're talking prop tech with Brian from Measurable, the world's most widely adopted ESG platform for commercial real estate. If I think about the story of the company, it's it's pretty unique in the sense that you know our founder came out of uh, commercial real estate, um, and our, our organization is what's considered ESG technology. So ESG stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance. Um, it's an up-and-coming industry. Um, more entities, more groups are focusing on this, that it's not just about, you know, the, I think the past term was greenwashing, right? It's not just about putting recycling bins in your uh, break areas. It's going beyond that and really measuring what you're doing um, on a monthly, weekly, annual basis. Um, so Matt started the organization um, having worked at CBRE and then working on sustainability with CBRE, you know, one of the biggest commercial real estate groups in the, in the world. And notice this gap in terms of being able to uh, record um, that data um, and then report on it, uh, essentially just give a good kind of, uh, you know, uh, snapshot of how your organization is doing on the commercial real estate side. Because the big thing for us is uh, there are you know, like about one third of uh, what contributes to, um, you know, what I consider what contributes to the environment and climate change, like a third of it is in real estate, right? So a big chunk of it has uh, some things they need to do, right? And so when I was looking for, you know, my next position, it's, it's pretty neat to go work for a company that the charter is to, to have these organizations and these groups go do, you know, something really good for the environment, for the planet. And then in that vein, you know, the thing that I found was all of the employees that I met throughout the way and the ones that I've met and become acquainted with through working there for about 15 months, it, it, that stayed that stayed true. Um, they come from a very empathetic spot, um, a caring spot. And then that like translates into work that I'd been doing other places in which that aspect was not part of the work. Well, I think what's that's one of the coolest things about property tech is and, and commercial real estate tech is that it often is climate tech because I don't think people understand how much uh, of this sort of environmental issues come from real estate. It, we All we hear on the news is transportation. Mm -hmm. And so it's just completely overlooked. And I think a lot of people are surprised when they hear that there's so much more opportunity to, and, and you know, your technology is one of those things that is necessary. You have to track it before you know how to improve it, right? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, if you think about someone with a commercial portfolio of even like 20 buildings, but we have some with, you know, hundreds, uh, the idea of saying, well, how are they all performing when it comes to energy specifically? Uh, and then you're going into the, you know, water, waste, electricity, um, you know, it ends up being multiple tabs on a spreadsheet and pulling in billing information from however many different utility companies you work with and however many zip codes you're part of. Um, so the, the value prop is pretty easy that you should be, you know, automating that data collection and then reporting on it. So yeah, there's, it's, it, it seems to fill that gap pretty easily. So in the ESG space, it seems like in some cases, there's a lot of emphasis on one of those three letters, but maybe not on another. Do you see that in your case? Do you see that people are looking more for one side of the ESG versus the other? Yeah, they definitely focus on the E. Um, and then it is a, 
Um, I think that's the one that probably, um, you know, motivates an organization to start acting and um, being more regimented about that process. And then the S and the G usually come later. Uh, they involve uh, additional departments and titles within an organization. Um, it involves the tenants of the commercial properties that we, um, that we work with. But most of the times when it comes to the technology there, we're right at this point a repository when it comes to the social and governance uh, pieces that they're putting in. Uh, what they have decided is important to them and what they want to measure that fits into our software. Uh, but there's not like a data collection of those items. So it's a little bit softer of an of a, of a engagement, I feel like. Um, many times uh, groups will hire consultants or outside partners to help them with the S and the G. So how are they looking at diversity, um, social issues? How are they addressing those internally with their employees or their tenants? Um, and, you know, hopefully at the end of the day, our technology plus a mix of that um, will help them in, in their ESG for sure. So I'm guessing when you're talking to prospective uh, customers or clients, um, in some cases, they may look at this as a bit of a nice to have or something they'll do someday. But I'm, I'm guessing you also have others who wish they would have done it years ago uh, if they if they could have. What What's the uh, for, for people who are on the measurable platform? What are, what are the things that they appreciate and you know don't want to give up now that they've had it? Yeah, I think on the on the you know, the very like. I'll kind of go on the spectrum of, uh, you know, amount of resources and time and, and lift to do something, right? Very early on, they say, this is wonderful because I'm not in the, these spreadsheets all the time now with all this utility data. And most of the time, um, that customer would come into Measurable a little reactionary. Um, they've been asked to report to Grez, which is our number one reporting entity out of Europe, and they will get a score annually on how they're doing, and they can benchmark themselves against the ESG uh, numbers. Um, and so what we do is we help them submit to that. And then we help them analyze where they can make improvements and how they can uh, uh, address that for the next year. What what happens is, is then like they kind of get a taste of that, uh, that information, much like we would in marketing. It's like you get a little bit of data about your prospects or your leads, then you will kind of want to know more and you want to act on that. You want to know more, you want to act on that. And so that's what we see with our customers is, uh, you know, and that kind of follows our, our product. You know, we have some, most of our folks come in on the kind of the, you know, the first tier and then realize they want to get more sophisticated about ESG. And so that means that they go to the next tier because they want to do some of those things. And, and those, those types of items then lead you to looking at like physical climate risk, uh, gives you the opportunity to look at um, additional financing that maybe you didn't know you could go after um, because of this information that you now have. So it's a little bit of a, you can almost kind of plot it out, right? Like this customer journey, they come in and it's like, help us fix the data, help us report to Grez. And then the natural, um, you know, progression is to then kind of dial it up. So is that the, is that the point in the conversation where, you know, uh, you've got them interested is whenever, is it, is it basically just res, like relieving the pain point of spreadsheets or, or what is, what's that like messaging point that whenever you hit them with that, they're like, oh, okay, I get it now. Yeah, I, I think it's, um, you know, it, it's a mixed bag there because we have, when we take a look at our personas, we have the novice uh, ESG professional. This might be someone that was given this task to report to Grez and they've never worked in sustainability in their life. So in that discussion, um, they're really looking to get out of that sp those spreadsheets and they're really just looking to like, 
you know, kind of check the box for this. And then that's where we see that progression to more sophistication. Now, we also take on customers where their their title might be director of sustainability and the company's charge has really been, you know, a big part of why they're talking to us and working with us. Um, those conversations are sped up, right? Like they're, you know, and, and the aha moment for them will be around being able to measure physical climate risk. Um, we have a, a feature in our software where you can go in by zip code and building type and say, how are we doing compared to them? Um, so I think that's kind of that, like, and I think that happens with a lot of industries, right? You look intrinsically at yourself for a long time, and then the, there's a moment in time where you go, well, how are we doing against the others, you know? So. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, there's something motivating about that, right? We're talking about an industry of very competitive people, too. I think that probably helps. Mm-hmm. So if you if you look forward to next year or maybe the coming years, is there is there a, is there a goal that you guys are, are going after that you're excited about trying to get to, or is there maybe like a a problem that you're tired of dealing with and you're looking forward to getting kind of past that getting past that piece? You know, for our team, uh, we have a couple of reasons to be optimistic about 2022. One is um, the organization just took our Series C uh, investment uh, a little over a month ago. And that means uh, expansion into other markets, including Europe. Uh, but also, we will launch two brand new product lines in 2022. So there's a lot of opportunity baked into those ideas. Our marketing team will go from four to roughly 10 by the um, end of second quarter of 2022. So a lot of things occurring with that now, like planning, you know, roles, responsibilities, how that's going to shake out. One of the things from a, from a marketing perspective that we're looking forward to is um, attacking the awareness side of the business um, and, and the challenge from, from our team's um, perspective. The challenge we have in marketing is a lot of the uh, targets and prospects that we would go after have not self-identified through engagement online, through titles, through whatever it might be on LinkedIn as ESG professionals. And so we've got, we feel like from an addressable market standpoint, we've got about half of our prospects we can kind of find out who they are, where they're at, what their business is like. Then the other half was we're trying to catch them as they come into the ESG industry as a whole. And so for us, what's really exciting is we've got a couple initiatives for 2022 that we think will help that. One of which is our CEO, Matt, will be publishing a book in the first quarter on his perspectives on ESG and commercial real estate. There's nothing out there. So that fills that kind of gap for that. We like That's really exciting promotion for us. Um, and then I think the expansion into the other markets is what, you know, we our marketing expansion from a resource and, and, and associate level standpoint matches the same investments of the company there as well. So more sales team members, more products available for Europe, that those types of things. And so we'll have to match that for the next year. It's kind of a basic concept, but I'd love to hear a little bit from you on why you think brand awareness is important because I, I swear working with technology companies for years, I've heard the word awareness uh, more this year than ever before. Typically it's very bottom of the funnel mm-hmm. uh, acquisition efforts. Um, you know, we might talk about getting messaging right, but they're not saying the word top of funnel. They're not saying awareness. And all of a sudden it's like, we got to do a brand campaign. We got to do brand awareness. And it's, it's kind of come out of left field. And sometimes these things, goes in cycles, but I'm, I don't know if you, I'm still trying to put my finger on why this is, or maybe it's just what we're hearing, but I'm hearing this a lot in conversation right now. There could be a couple um, uh, reasons for that. The the first thing that comes to mind goes a little bit back to what I just mentioned around 
this idea that we can't identify, you know, if I'm, if I'm targeting, you know, my past was in healthcare tech and we targeted revenue cycle management. I can, I can get to a pretty good place of finding who those individuals are and how we should target them. So our idea is to cast, cast this big net just in terms of search, when people are going out looking for advice. I mean, with ESG being so new, a lot of folks are raising their hand, like, we need help with this. So I think that's one of the pushes to awareness. I also think, you know, uh, we're pointing towards it because we're, we're kind of done with trade shows. And so, you know, I mean, I, for one, for years, would, would want to dare the sales team to say no to trade shows for an entire year. And let us have that budget and see what happens. And if the results go down drastically, we'll bring them back into the fold. Uh, you know, COVID kind of did that for us, right? They, or it did that for us. It said, you're not going to go to these trade shows. And we saw double digit revenue growth and we saw double digit lead growth. And, and so I, I like that part of, of that experiment for us. And, but I think when it comes to like thinking about awareness for 2022 and why there might be more of a reason for that, it's a lot of those opportunities were kind of missed or, and, and I don't know if it's, you know, if it's scientific or not, but it's just, were we out there and were we talking about our company and what we were working on? You know, if that, if that makes sense. Well, I think you're dead on, especially for B2B brands. Uh, yeah, there's a trade show budget that was lightly used, if at all. And, and you're right, you've identified a piece of your addressable market, but not all of it. And some of them are kind of hiding in plain sight. You can't figure out which one's which, right? So that's one. I think the other piece that we see is just that the conversion isn't what it should be at the at the bottom of the funnel. And after doing every single thing they can think of, it's like the last resort. It's like I guess we'll tell people who we are, you know, through a yeah. campaign. And it's but it's like the last it's like the last thing they want to do in any cases. Um, they'll they'll invest in PR uh, without thinking about it. But but the awareness it takes a little bit. Like you have to kind of run into an obstacle mm -hmm. before you want to do that. It's just a little backwards. I mean, in a lot of other industries, it's the first thing you think about it. So it's just. It's interesting to, to see it. Uh, I, I welcome the opportunity and the challenge because my past two stops, you know, we wanted to push awareness as, you know, what I would say maybe a 50-50 split. You know, if you're talking about resources and budget, uh, lead generation awareness, 50-50. And uh, we could never get there, right? One, because the story is a little bit harder to tell on how the, the awareness led to the the bottom of the funnel conversion. So, you know, we can do our best there. Um, but yeah, it was just this drive for leads, 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 Brian, your team, we got to bring, you know, bring in leads. And so then you start kind of pointing everything towards that kind of forgetting about that. So, um, you know, I used to work in PR. And so uh, I welcome the opportunity for us to, to take this on for next year. And we look forward to it. Yeah, that's cool. Well, hey, just to switch gears a little bit, if you look for, I mean, you guys are really trying to lead the charge uh, on ESG from the commercial real estate side or, are there predictions that your team talks about, you know, in the next five or 10 years, we think the industry is going to do this? Are, there, are these the types of conversations that you're having internally or is there something that, you know, collectively you guys are debating on or maybe not debating, maybe you all are on the same page on where you think the industry is going? We feel a lot of, um, I, I keep using the word optimism, but there is, um, you know, you can kind of see what happens in Europe and, 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 and get a feel for what we might be in for. And I know that with different administrations and, and laws and regulations, um, our industry can kind of change on a dime. But I don't think um, in the near, like if I think about the next five years, I think we'll be um, even better positioned 
to be ready for some of these things that are coming down from from the government. And and we don't you know, we don't rely on that. Right. Um, you know, Europe is way more progressive than the United States is when it comes to ESG and sustainability reporting and how all that works in their their economy. Um, but you can see uh, even through small municipalities in the United States where they're saying, We'd like to focus on this with all of our commercial real estate. Well, then what, you know, the the thought is we kind of compare that to Europe. And even though it's a little bit behind and maybe not as aggressive, it means that that is coming. And so, I mean, just by the the inbound activity that we have to our content and to our subject matter experts, you know, it's it's more than a gut feeling that uh, this is not going away. And so if I think about our team and and what we want to like, you know, like view as like our challenges or, or where the where the opportunity lies for the five, 10 years. It's I think ESGs will be a more common term, right? You know, I live in the Midwest. When I first got the job, I asked my three uh my the, my three friends in the network that work in commercial real estate, have you heard of ESG? Blank stare. They didn't know what it was. Uh I assume within the next year or so, they'll probably know about ESG. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, it sounds like not only uh, is this the trend and this is where it's going, rightfully so, but it's something that your team's pretty motivated about too, right? Like not just be required to do that, but you you like what comes along with that, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a, a feel good part of it um, that I think you know. It's um, I had a little bit in healthcare, but we we're on the revenue cycle, so that's a little bit harder of a connection to make to to the good that you were providing. So. Uh, yeah, this has been the most fulfilling in terms of uh, a career stop for sure.